Hi, this is Vernon Kay and welcome to the England Rugby Podcast with Auto Inside Line, where each week we'll take you behind the scenes with exclusive England Rugby Chat. We are backstage at the O2 Blue Room at Twickenham after England's victory against the Welsh in the Six Nations, and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by one of the great characters of the modern game. Some might say you're Marmite. In that oh, some I am people, full Marmite, yeah. Some people take to you, some people just ignore you. Yeah. Uh, but very difficult have, to ignore me, Vern. Very uh, difficult to ignore Well, people try. This week we get the inside line on England flanker James Haskell. You know, look, the journey's going to come to an end at some point. Um, I think that, I, you know, I personally believe that I've still got stuff to offer. As well as our featured interview, George Cruz is the latest player to name his three tracks. Probably my father, you know, I'd hear him sing it in the kitchen in his um, pretty skew Canadian accent. And England women's Vicky Cornborough is quizzed by Leanne Riley in our new game, Overrated or Underrated. Holly Myers is all over it. She's got a Superwoman one. I'm all over it. I've got, you know, little, I think it's a donkey or something or cat. Love them. I'm Vernon Kay and this is the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Well, this is what I've been waiting for. It's James Haskell on the O2 Inside Line podcast. James, describe yourself in three words. Amusing. Committed, hardworking, hyphen. <laughs> That's good. I like the last one because I think uh, I've known you for quite a while and I think you are one of the most dedicated, hardworking people I know. Why is that? What drives you? You, you missed out the amusing part. Exactly. Dedicated, yeah, hardworking, hard amusing people. Yeah. Well, come on. <laughs> I know you follow me on Instagram, so don't play up. Um, don't lie to make friends for O2. Yeah, I just think, you know, you, my, my mentality to life is you, you've, you've only got one. It's not a dress rehearsal. Um, and that you need to to give it your all. So, you know, I know a lot of people believe that you're going to come back as maybe a flamingo or or, or be some other sort of weird thing. But as far as I'm concerned, you need to leave it all out there, really. So whatever you're doing, whether it's your rugby or or stuff off the field, you need to be 100% committed to it and and understand that no one's going to give you anything for free. Um, and you have to just keep keep beavering away. And if you put the hard work in, you'll get the results. And you're a pivotal character in the England camp, aren't you? Like some might say you're Marmite. In that oh, some I am people, full Marmite, yeah. Some people take to you, some people just ignore you. Yeah. Uh, but that Very has... difficult to ignore me, Vern. Very uh, difficult to ignore well, People try. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell the story of when I first met you. Yeah. Right? So I went to Pennyhill Park as a guest of a friend to watch the England train training in the gym, which is a pretty VIP, VIP, VIP uh, pass. To get into when England are actually training outside of a media day, it's pretty special. So I was watching the boys lift some tin, and then we had some lunch afterwards and, and uh, found myself drawn to you, sat down, you just did an impression. All right, it's Vernon Kay off Radio <laughs> 1. How are you? You're all right. Sit down. And then that was it. For the rest of lunch, you just didn't speak in anything but a northern accent. And everyone's like just raising an eyebrow like, listen, mate, don't worry about it. It's just Haskell being Haskell. But it brings an energy to the room. Yeah, and weirdly enough, your agent was on the phone going, you're actually better at Vernon yeah. than Vernon is. <laughs> He's got, he he's had got, a gig on Radio 1. You've got more depth than Vernon. Can we get, can we get him on? Um, but you do have a wicked sense of humour. Yeah, I, I think um, with any of the things, you've got to be prepared to, to take it as much as you are to, to give it. I think you're exactly right. I, I am like Marmite. Um, I think it's, it's one of those things people, from social media perspective or, or the way I conduct myself, in certain things, people have an idea. And then actually when you meet me, I, I, hopefully that, that kind of changes. Sometimes it doesn't for people. But a lot of a lot of guys you can see, especially teammates who I haven't met, who come into environments like England or whatever, have a preconception that I'm going to be like something and that, and that I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully not like that. Um, but you can't please everyone. And that's not, not my objective, really. My objective is to be really hardworking, trying to make a success in my life and, and have, a, have a laugh on the way. And you've got to be able to laugh at yourself. And, and I, I do that very often. James, we've just seen England beat Wales. Close game. Uh, second half was a game of, 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 of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
game of... I think it's raw physicality and intensity, that's, really. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Raw physicality and intensity. Yeah, I just think, you know, I saw, we were sitting, obviously, um, with O2 in the... In, in attrition. The, attrition, very attrition. We were sitting in the box with O2 and we were just talking to people and obviously fans were getting in and out of the, their seats and asking, you know, so close what's happened. And I think, you know, it's always going to be very close uh, in international games. I think gone are the days of, of massive, massive victories. I think unless you're playing a slightly lesser nation, inverted commas, I think, you know, when you're playing at likes of Wales, it's always going to be super physical. I think, you know, you've got often you've got 14 players on your feet. You know, one guy in the in the tackle, that's it. So there's not a lot of space out there. And it's a battle of, of, of concentration as well as fitness and physicality. There was one point in the game where you noticed that six, maybe five or six Welsh players were just sat on the floor and we were all stood up. Eddie's massive on fitness. Like, so he's brutally massive on fitness where he puts you guys through the ringer. It showed today. Yeah, I think, you know, his his whole idea of, of the body language, of showing the opposition you're not tired is, is important as well as, um, you know, making... You know, making sure that you actually have the fitness and base level, and I think that you know Wales talk a lot about their uh, fitness, but you know I, I think we showed we have that ability just to keep going and make decisions. But credit to Wales, I thought they were you know I thought they were great. I thought you know some of their offloading was fantastic from their, their bigger forwards. You know Sam Underhill obviously stopped that try, which was, was which was fair play. So it, you know it could have gone either way, but I think England showed their quality. Let's talk about the offloading from a fellow teammate of yours at Wasps. Yeah, Joe Launchbury, unbelievable. Joe Launchbury. You know, he um, he didn't get into, I think it was Harlequin's Academy or something like that, and he, he was working in Sainsbury's, stacking, they used to call Joe if there was anything needed stacking on a high shelf. And he told me that he, he yeah, he, he told me that he used to have to wear those hair nets because he worked at the bakery as well. But he's unbelievable hands. You know, he's, he's an incredible rugby player who, you know, he's constantly plays at the highest level, but his aerial ability to catch balls over his head, offload is, is, is second to none, really. Let's talk about you at school mm. because we spoke, we've just come from the England-Wales game and we're talking about you at school and you said, oh, I was skinnier than you, which I don't believe, after Marrakesh fever, by the way. <laughs> Lost a stone and a half. Oh my goodness me. I, 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 I whistle now in the breeze. <laughs> when the wind gets between my thighs, I... <laughs> it's like awful. boiling. If it's yeah, I'll wind. be getting the book. I will, James. But at school, what were you like as a kid? Were you, did you have as much personality then as you do now? <laughs> I think... Um, I think I've always been outspoken. I've always been kind of an extrovert. I think I've always had the similar similar chats, my observational humour. I think at school I was probably, I, I threw myself into everything. My mum my, my and dad have always been super supportive. Um, they're not been pushy parents, like, you know, those kind of things you see on Channel 4 documentaries or in America. But my parents were, were, were the opposite. But they, they always just kind of tried to explain to me that, Life is full of opportunities. You have to embrace them. You know, I went to a, a, a good school. It cost a lot of money and that you could have gone through it and absolutely wasted your time. You could have done the bare minimum. But I, I kind of threw myself into everything. So I did the school plays. I represented the chess team. I played Stop. hockey, football. Stop. Mm. You did the school plays. Yes. Let's talk about that because in, in previous podcasts, we've, we, we, we touched upon the fact that JJ, Jonathan Joseph, yeah. was a very, very well-established dancer. Right. Yeah, that's why he's got such good feet. Yeah. So now I'm thinking we could put on a show. <laughs> we could. Right. You know I'd be great at front of house there. Yeah. 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 What school players did you? Were you um, in? I, I did a few actually. I obviously did the the kind of standard pantomime. I did the you know obviously the um, <laughs> what do you call it the nativity play. I did the uh, Pygmalion. Um, I was the father who sold um, Eliza, who sold Eliza into um, you know to getting the speech therapy with whatever his name was. There's a few bits and pieces that I've done. Did really. you ever do expressive dance, James? I have never done expressive dance. And that's what kept me away from wanting to do drama. I've always, you know, my missus will tell you that I'm drama 24-7, but I, I do enjoy drama. But the idea of like crawling around the floor like a cat or trying to do some expressive dance, that's not me. Right. That's not me. I, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what that's teaching people apart from <laughs> be confident enough to embarrass yourself in front of I think that's what people. it is, isn't it? Yeah. Confidence. So when you, yeah. you, when you got confidence, you're like, oh, I don't need this. Yeah. 
I genuinely don't need Exactly. This. I'm better than this. <laughs> I'm better than pretending to be a monkey. Go and put the kettle on. I'll have a brew. You can pretend to be a, exactly. a, a, a little acorn. Yeah, and an acorn. And grow into a tree. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> My feelings are out and you're just doing a butterfly and we're flying away and we're positive. Absolutely. Now, rugby is obviously pay the bills. What's your real passion? I've got a few real passions, actually. I love um, doing speaking stuff. So I do a lot of kind of uh, after dinner and, and motivational speaking. I, I want to get into a bit more of that. I, right. I fancy myself as well, a bit let like me a stop Tim Robbins. What's your opening gambit when you do public speaking? Um, I'm trying to think of something that Alan Partridge says, isn't it? Yeah. Goes, I was in the toilet earlier. Yeah. And I, saw I know some, you're a big fan I of Alan some, Partridge. I saw some graffiti. <laughs> And, and, it, and it, I can't remember what the exact line is, but it's ridiculous. Um, I change it every time. I change it every time, really. I don't have a sort of a, a, a go-to. Oh, good. You know, uh, I always apologise for... for um, the hair? Yeah, classic, yeah. I always go to, you know, like, Vernon's obviously losing his hair as well. And I said to Vernon, you know, I spoke to Vernon the other day. He said he went to the doctors and he said, listen, doctor, uh, my, ha- my hair's falling out. Have you got anything to keep it in? And he said he got a bit upset when the doctor gave him a shoebox. Um, <laughs> hey, here we are. On. So that's that little thing. That's just a little something we ease in with right. people, you know. Nice. And public speaking... Do you talk about your very distinguished rugby career? Um, I think, I think because of what all the stuff I've think, done. Do you think your rugby defines you? I think obviously. I think in terms of what what I've done rugby wise, that's why people know me. That's why people would ever invite me to to speak. Um, would be to to hear about the kind of rugby elements and, and maybe the the other stuff that goes on off the field. I think. You know, I've always, you know, been a rugby player in 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 the public's eyes, and in, in, and I think that's what you've got to you've got to respect. That I don't think. Um, it defines me as a person because I think you you have to define yourself in terms of what you do and how you conduct yourself. Mm. There's more to you than just taking on the, you know, going out on the field and playing. But um, I always talk a little bit about the stories. People want to know about, you know, different coaches. What's the boys like? What happens behind closed doors? Um, you know, having played around the world, I've worked with some unbelievable coaches who you think would be amazing, who weren't amazing, and some, and some coaches you might not have heard of who were incredible. And it's, it's that kind of stuff and how also it can apply, you know, the rules you can apply to your own life. Hi, this is Jack Noll, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. All right, so thanks, Jack. And if you haven't already listened to last week's podcast with the England winger, why not? Head to Apple Podcasts, Acast, or any reputable podcast providers to download it. Or even better, make sure you subscribe. Subscribe and rate. That's how we climb the charts. So uh, do it every week during the Six Nations. A fresh podcast, I promise you, will arrive straight into your inbox or wherever it ends up on your on your little piece of technology. Anyway, uh, we'll be back with James Haskell shortly. But earlier on in the week, England's Vicky Cormer was quizzed by teammate Leanne Riley in yet another new feature. Wow, they come thick and fast, these new features. Hi, my name's Leanne Riley. I'm joined by Vicky Cornbra, England Prop. We're playing a game of overrated, underrated. Vicky, onesies, what are you saying? Massively overrated. I don't get the hype. Dagger right to the heart. Come on, tell me. What's up with them? Oh, they're just too small because you put them on and then they go up your bum and then they're, they're, too, <laughs> they're too tight around the neck as well. Have I've... you gone for a bigger size? No, I always get bought them as Christmas presents, so I got one. Get those gift receipts, girl. Take them back, next size up, and that will change your life. Holly Myers is all over it. She's got a Superwoman one. I'm all over it. I've got, you know, little, I think it's a donkey or something, or cat. Love them. Get the size up, tell you. Change your life. Okay, moving on. Uh, Musicals. Underrated, definitely. They get such a bad rap because people go in and uh, and don't want to sing along, but um, yeah, I absolutely love them. I love a good sing-along. Who have you been to see a musical with? 
Well, actually, I thought I was going along to a musical. Um, I actually went to a, a theatre production of Sound of Music and I turned up, the whole shebang went full um, fancy dress. I even made my own outfit out of curtains. Turned up to the theatre. It was one of those really fancy ones where everybody wears their number ones or the little old ladies. And you're in a, a curtain. And I'm in a curtain. Wow. I still turned up and I sang along to the whole thing. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, let's go slippers. Definitely underrated. I don't understand why people don't like slippers. What? If your feet get cold. Slipper socks. I'm not a slipper fan, but I'll, you know those big fluffy socks with the little grippy bits at the bottom. I'm all over them, but actual slippers, they're like shoes. You can't put them on the sofa, but you can put socks on a yeah, sofa. You can. No, you can't. You, you don't can. put shoes on a sofa. But slippers aren't shoes. They're slippers. No, what if you go outside with your slippers? Put, you know, put no, the bins you put in shoes the bin. on. You put shoes on to go outside, your slippers are indoor. That's a lot of hassle. If you just had those socks on, we have to do is, you know... Yeah, you just, just wear socks. You don't need slipper socks. Uh, one more, one more. Let's go with... You know the statues walking around London that got a little penny pot or something that don't move whilst you're there or like scare children when they walk past? Overrated, underrated? Underrated, I don't think you see enough of them. Would you be one of those people yes. to stand there, painted in gold, silver, bronze, whatever they are, and stand there all day? You're not allowed to move, though, or eat, so that might be a bit of a problem for you. No, just, like those statues. You've got to um, be there all day. Yeah, if, they, if they put a penny in my pot, I will stand there and... Ask them for food. My, yeah, my mouth eating a pasty or something. All right, cool. Vicky Cornbro is going to be on the streets of London, guys. Watch out. She's there. That was Red Rose's pair, Vicky Cornborough and Leanne Riley. Thank you very much, ladies. Let's get back to my chat with James. You were very excited when I think it was Instagram defined you as a influencer. Yeah, that was a big day. It was a pivotal moment. It was. I couldn't believe it. I, 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 I've never thought myself as an influencer, but apparently I was. Um, and as someone said the other day, if... Um, you know, if, if someone switches off Instagram overnight, then all these people that think they're models, their modelling career is going to be over. <laughs> as soon as Instagram turns itself off, your, model, your modelling career was on and now it's off. I heard that people hire private jets just so that they can sit on them, mm. have a picture taken in one and then post it on Insta and then you're done. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I, I think social media is an amazing tool, but uh, Instagram is incredible. But I think it's, um, it's created a lot of false idols. So I think it's great, but there are a lot of people doing a lot of weird things and, and just doing things for likes. And you should never, ever do anything for, for, for likes. It should be about stuff that you want to want to post and things that are going to ultimately help you if you're running a business or whatever it might be. Otherwise, it's just madness. You're just sharing your life with people that you would never let in your front door, yet you're happy to let them see your most intimate moments. And that's why this podcast is number three in the sports podcast charts, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we're in a porter cabin at Twickenham with what sounds like some live band vibrating <laughs> through the floor as yeah. we're speaking. Yeah, heavy beats behind us. We'll come to heavy beats a little bit later on. But your Instagram page is full of everything that you love, full of everything that you adore. Uh, you like keeping fit. We know that. How important is that, being a rugby player, in your day-to-day life, keeping fit? I think you know having a healthy lifestyle, um, putting yourself in the best shape possible is only going to help you with your with your career. You know, um, all the stuff that I've done off the field has, has come about about things that I have to do on the field. Um, you know that I, I've had to dedicate my life to health and fitness. Really, from the age of fifteen, uh, I've had to learn about training, uh, nutrition, and um, you know all those kind of areas of, of making sure you're eating right, training right, trying to perform on the field, and it's something that carries on. Um, throughout and it's one of those things you become addicted to you know because because it's helping you on the field and you start making those right decisions and, and sacrifices is, is the word I would say it ends up you know affecting your off-field stuff and teaching you good life lessons what's it like having uh, 
Richard and Judy as perspective. I don't know whether whether you're going to drop on a knee, but as possible future parents-in-law. Really good. You know, Richard's. Um, you know, Richard's a legend. I got a lot of time for him. He's he's been great. He's he's become a bit of a rugby fan, um, which is awesome. He's very supportive. Judy's the same. You know, I've kind of got to the stage now where I can give Richard a little bit of grief, which nice. is good because nice. Chloe was like wasn't sure how he would react because obviously you know they're both kind of academics, both journalists, both you know. Uh, clever people clever people down to earth and me with my slightly crash sense of humour sort of crashing in and, and giving him stick but I, I managed to like, ease it in there a little bit and six degrees of separation Chloe's brother Jack is my agent yes he how is how much that mate it's a small world actually I'm trying you know I don't I wonder if well, I always want to know what Jack's like I reckon he's a bit like a Jerry Maguire or yeah, is he a bit more straight funny. Shoot, he's, funny, he, yeah. he's just straight down the line yeah. he's one of those People that you're never on the phone longer than two minutes. Yeah, which is a good thing, I think, because yeah. especially a lot of people want to talk these days, and men are worse than anyone, is that they want to talk, and everyone wants a meeting. <laughs> everyone wants a meeting. Now, let's go and let's have a meeting. I'm like, no, no, no. Put it in an email. You could get it. You could cut the rubbish and put it in an email within five minutes. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go for a coffee. Just spell it out. We didn't need a meeting. Tell me yeah. what you want. Yeah, yeah, you didn't need a meeting for that. I'd love <laughs> if you could just come up to London with a meeting. How about you just tell me what you need? Yeah. And then you look <laughs> at the email, you're like, nah, mate, it's not for me anyway. Or we could have done that over email. And they do it over email. So I, I just refuse to do that now. Unless it's like, actually, there's worth something to do. I'm not meeting people. What's the <laughs> point? Skype it. Skype. And you find I've got nothing to say. Well, we're just mulling a few ideas over. Well, you could have done that. Mull on your own time, mate. And don't mull on my time. Yeah. Two, it's two and a half hours to turn up to listen to you drink bad coffee and just hear nonsense. Absolutely not, sir. I won't do that. You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with Auto Inside Line. More from James shortly, but after hearing last week that Danny Kerr used to sing to Cher's Shoop Shoop song in the car, what does England's George Cruz have as his go-to tracks? So let's talk music with George Cruz. Now, George, big lad, I'm hoping that we're going to get some death metal, a bit of thrash, a bit of indie, a bit of rock and roll. Let's kick off. Your first tune that you've chosen, please. I'll go for Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. First reaction, this is a very popular rugby song, this one. I've heard this mentioned several times before with previous England rugby players. Why is Ring of Fire such a great tune for everyone to listen to? I don't know, for me, I think it's um, probably my father. You know, I'd hear him sing it in the kitchen in his um, pretty skew Canadian accent, so uh, doing a terrible job of it. So I think that kind of, that's my uh, link to it. But I think, uh, obviously, it's a, it's a belter of a song as well, so I think that's go down pretty well in most people's books. All right, so your second track is what? Rudimental, um, Waiting All Night. We went as a group, Saracens, to Lollapalooza in Chicago, which is a big music festival. Um, we were all in one big circle having a, having a pretty good time. So, uh, you know, we had a pretty good weekend. So. Do you like your repetitive beats? Do you like that kind of music, dance music, that kind um, of stuff? When you're all together uh, having a good time on a social, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it was, it was the right time for it. And, uh, you know, I won't remember that, I won't forget that, sorry, too yeah. quickly. So your third and final track, please, George. Something by Arctic Monkeys, kind of, um, I bet that you look good on dance floor, maybe. Kind of in the school era, you know, house parties and yep. and kind of just enjoying that enjoying that scene, really, where, uh, you know, you're young and you're having a drink and, and kind of enjoying it. And, and you said that you saw Rudimental at Lollapalooza. Have you seen the Arctic Monkeys play live? You've been to any festivals? I have, but I also saw them at Lollapalooza, yeah. Oh, OK, what a lineup! I know, it was unbelievable, yeah. So it was a pretty special time. That was... Do you get to go out to many gigs? Try to, but, it, you know, you have to put these things miles in advance, and obviously the typical thing with rugby is you don't know what you're doing until the next weekend, so, um, yeah. so yeah, it's pretty hard, but... Hopefully, I'll get to some more. Big lag like yourself, though. Second row, I'd hate to be stood behind you. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd want my money back. Hey! <laughs> Come on! Cruise, out the way! No one likes, no one likes a tall person, especially at festival. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for talking music thank with you. us. Uh, good luck with everything. Thank you very much. Cheers, buddy. 
Hi, I'm Sarah Byrne and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Available on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify, TuneIn, Deezer and Google Play. Right now to the final part of our chat with England's James Haskell. I have to ask you, because I know he made a massive difference to you, working under Eddie Jones. Yeah, so Eddie's been fantastic. You know, he's been one of my, uh, well, one of the best coaches I've ever worked with. He's a guy with incredible, um, you know, personalities. Man management skills are great. I think a lot of coaches you often find are very task-focused and not people-focused, and he has that balance perfectly right. And I think the good thing about Eddie is he's surrounded by some very good coaches that, you know, in Paul Gustard, Steve Borthwick, and Neil Hatley, who are all able to communicate very well, all understand what makes their players tick, creates an atmosphere where you want to you want to play. And, and I love Eddie. You know, he gives as good as he gets. He, love, he loves a laugh. Loves giving me you, you give each other a bit of answer, don't you? Yeah, within reason. I obviously wouldn't cross over too much. Of course. Um, you know, <laughs> we, just, we want to keep playing. We do want to keep playing. But I do get into him a lot. We do have a laugh. And, you know... You know it, he, was, it was interesting when uh, you didn't make the squad that he kept referring to you. He kept saying, well, you know, Haskell's on the cusp. He's not in this squad, but he's there in the background. And I saw him mention it. I noticed him mention it a couple of times. I thought, you know what? He's got Haskell at the back of his mind. So it must have been a 50-50 decision whether you made the squad or not. I mean, I think, you know, the, the good thing about it is he actually came down to my house to tell me that he was leaving me out of the squad. It was kind no, that's of, class. Yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable. You know, I didn't expect him to do that. Um, you know, he didn't have to do that. But for me, it's really... You know, I've had a lot of experience in rugby and a lot of things you would think would be done properly that aren't ever done properly. And and Eddie took the time, he came down and he, he you know, he was very honest and open with me. But that, you know, we've already established that you're committed, dedicated and focused. When Eddie comes around and, and sits down with you and tells you that, that must drive you on. It does. I, th- I think... You know, look, the journey's going to come to an end at some point. There's so much competition around and I'm not paying lip service to us. You've seen the scene with the games recently, um, how good the boys are and how there's people that can, can fill the shirt very easily. I think that, I, you know, I personally believe that I've still got stuff to offer and you're always battling with yourself. You know, I think it's Baz Luhrmann's song, you know, it talks about sometimes you're going to be ahead, sometimes you're going to be behind, uh, but at the end of the day, you're only Sunscreen. fighting yourself. Sunscreen. And you're only fighting yourself and... Chloe actually played it to me last night because I made a comment about something and she just clicked it and played and held it up to me. That's the beauty of streaming music now. And I just looked at it and was like, yep, you're exactly right. And, and that's what you've got to do. I'm fighting myself, really. So let's talk about the future. Uh, number one best-selling author with the book. Guilty. Phenomenal. Yeah, congratulations. I think your album, Back Row Beats, that you did with Defected, which yep. is a very, very reputable dance uh, music label, is up there yes. as well. But w- what do you want to do, like post-rugby? I think my ultimate kind of dream post rugby would be to do, you know, to do some TV presenting, to do something similar to what you've done. Do you done, enjoy the, yeah. the Sky stuff? I love the Sky stuff. Inside I, or outside of rugby? I would prefer to be outside rugby. Nice. If I'm completely honest with you, I just, I, I really enjoy rugby. I think it's great. I think it's like a very saturated marketplace. I think actually, I'd still do rugby stuff. But you live I enjoy in a world it. that's all consuming, mm. you know, so you have to be committed, dedicated, focused to the rugby. So therefore, you put yourself in a bubble. And when you step out of it, I remember uh, my boss at Radio 1 when he left, and he was a very, very successful, he went to Harvard, very, very successful uh, boss at Radio 1, really clever guy. He stepped out of the bubble, he went, I didn't realise how much it doesn't matter. Mm. Is, is, that's exactly the best, that's the best quote you could put. It, it, you think it matters and it doesn't matter. And what, interesting, when I was left out with England and, you know, obviously uh, having, you know, leaving leaving wasps, etc. It, um, you know, if I didn't have the experience of going around the world or hadn't been left out before, you take it quite hard, but you realise the world just keeps going and how much you'd like to pause it like a video game and save it and everyone to be like desperate to have you back. It literally, in a blink of an eye, you're forgotten and you, and you moved on. And So I'm I'm not sure I want to trade in 
this kind of world for an office job, but I would right. quite happily like to present it. I'd love to have a radio show as well and do uh, do speaking, DJing, you know, keep the fitness stuff going. All the things that I personally have passions about that I enjoy that have been part of my life. Because they always say, talk about what you know, you know, write about what you know, and all that's what I, that's what I know. And I've used music as a tool pre-game, hence the music, fitness and health, because I've been into fitness and health. You know, the motivation, the talking is I constantly need motivation. People want to know the stories. Um, you know, I've been very privileged to share those bits. So it's all around the same the same theme. And I'd love to go back and commentate on, on games and do bits, but I don't see myself being the next kind of Stuart Barnes or, or even Lawrence Delalio in terms of doing stuff. It just doesn't really you know, fill me with massive enthusiasm. I want to be a bit bigger than that, hopefully. You should do a game show. Why don't you do a game show? Do you know what? I'd you'd love be, to. You'd be great at something like that. Yeah, I'd love to do anything like that would be quite good. I just, um, you know, just be interesting to see what happens. But then again, once you get into the real world, inverted commas, you, you meet lots of people. Everybody wants to be in TV and radio. You know, not a day goes by that you don't go to a, to a studio or meet someone as a runner and you talk to them five minutes. Like, oh, I want to get into media. I want to do this. Yeah. It's very hard to, to well, like Liam that. Neeson said, you have a unique set of skills. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. and I will find you. Personal question. It's yes. the most personal question I will ask you. Yeah, uh, we've talked about your hair. Yes. All right. It's on its way out. Yes. Would Clear. you ever consider a stitching? One hundred percent. I would. Would def- you? Yeah, I would definitely. Well, look, I- I've been mulling this over for a period of time. Um, there's obviously a certain degree of vanity. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I, I very rarely ever have a shirt on. Um, so much so that you could almost class me as allergic to clothes. Um, but I think you know, if your lid's slipping off the back, you know, you probably can get it plugged in. Um, you know, I'm not at the I'm not at the terrible stage yet. I mean, no. Yours wouldn't move in a tornado, would Mine's it? Mine's going nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yours like I tell you what I was going to do. It's going white. Get, instead of getting plugs, I would get um, astroturf. Just get astroturf for <laughs> to cheap. You, you know, get that filled in. Get a G4. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> 4G, uh, 4G. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. Problem is at the it's moment. Rubber bits. That probably you got it's a 1G here. at the moment. That's, that's what we're struggling with. James, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us or to Inside Line. Uh, as always, a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, mate. We've got loads more to come next week, including, get ready for this, Deep Breath. We get lessons in love from Joe Marler. Yeah, I'll repeat that because it's ridiculous. We're going to get lessons in love from Joe Marler. Your 15th wedding anniversary, you've yeah, got to buy uh, a shed with a corrugated iron roof. A shed. A shed. A shed. <laughs> you've been listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Now, don't forget to check out the official England Rugby social channels on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for more content. And if you've got time, head to iTunes to leave a review, uh, which is exactly what Aaron Howarth did. Very kind of you, Aaron. We appreciate that. He put, it's a great listen, especially in the car. It's a good insight into the England camp. So tell your friends and make sure you subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Aaron didn't actually say the last bit. I said the last bit in Aaron's voice. So I'll do it in my voice which is this. So tell your friends and make sure you subscribe and we'll see you next week. 